Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Talk with Kea. A voice for the independent and a place for the independent-minded. As we say, if the truth does not hurt sometimes, then you have to look at what you're being fed. Good day. The topic today was supposed to be the federal minimum wage from $7.25 to $15 an hour. However, we are gonna do a little switch because of what's happening in New York today with the embattled governor, Andrew Cuomo. So the topic today is Andrew Cuomo from presidential hopeful to hanging on by a thread. First, let me say something about the governor, governors around the country. Governors make tough decisions. And there's no tougher decision governor has to make than during this pandemic. Decisions like to open or not open restaurants or bars. To open schools when the teacher union says no. These are not easy decisions. Mass mandate or no mass mandate, etc. So while we are focusing on Andrew Cuomo, let me give a shout out to all the governors of the 50 states that on a daily basis have to contemplate the right course of action for their particular state. And now, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is facing two serious charges, the nursing debacle and sexual harassment of several women. The last count was seven. Now, I, I knew the Cuomo's for a very long time. I knew his father, Andrew's father, Mario, as governor of New York. Mario served as governor in the 80s and 90s and served three terms. He was well-liked by a lot of New Yorkers and for that matter, people around the country. But if you were to ask me, what policies did I like that came from Mario Cuomo, I would say I don't know. That would be the answer. Because I don't know any. I just liked him like most New Yorkers liked him. The way he carried himself, his speeches. And that speech at the convention, I will, if you have time, just look it up. Mario Cuomo's convention speech, Democratic convention speech in the 1980s, and you will see what I'm speaking about. You see, back then I was a Democrat. Now I'm not saying all Democrats are like me, back then. And Mario was a Democrat and he carried himself well. Back then, that was enough for me. I did not know or care about the policies he actually implemented. Speaking about it, the way he spoke about it, was enough for me. 
So I said that to say this. Many people are choosing their politicians in the same manner. First criteria is the party. Second is appearance and the ability to speak. We will deal with the actual policies later, if at all. Now, to be clear, I am not saying that Mario was not good at his job. He might be the best governor New York has ever seen. I just don't know because my focus wasn't on the policies. What is concerning to me is this is the way Andrew Cuomo was treated during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. There he was sitting in his chair, fully aware that it is not only New York that is listening, but the whole country, and for that matter, the whole world. was listening to his daily briefings. He could hear the chance of a presidential run, speaking in his best professorial tone, informing the people about New York's situation, touting the good job he was doing, given the dire situation New York was facing. He was doing all this informing the people all this while he was allegedly forcing elderly COVID-stricken patients back into ill-equipped nursing homes. All the while, there was a hospital ship with approximately a thousand beds and a makeshift hospital at the Javits Center holding 3,000 beds stay practically empty. About 4,000 beds lay empty as he allegedly forced nursing homes to take patients back into their facility that caused the deaths of thousands as COVID spread throughout those facilities. Never let a serious crisis go to waste. Those were the words uttered by Raul Emanuel. Although Mr. Emanuel meant it as a way of getting things accomplished, Governor Como wrote a book. Yes, right in the middle of the pandemic, never let a serious crisis go to waste. He wrote a book. So, okay, it's in the middle of the pandemic. So you're saying, well, at least some of the proceedings from the book will go to charitable organizations in connection with the virus. After all, he's a multimillionaire, you know, and he's sworn to protect the people. And one of the ways he could do it was some of the proceeds might go to help the people. But Governor Como refused to release details of the financial dealings for the book. Now, you ask yourself, why would someone do that? If you were going to help and give a charitable donation to help the, uh, fight the virus, why are you keeping a secret? The only explanation I could come up with is that he doesn't intend to do anything like that. He saw the opportunity and took it. 
and he's going to take that money to the bank. That's just me. But this is where it gets me right in the heart. It seems it doesn't matter to, it did not matter to people, or for that matter, most of the press, that elderly patients in nursing homes were dying unnecessarily. All the while, there were 4,000 empty beds just sitting and waiting. What matter was his daily press briefing? They were hung on those press briefings. So while patients were dying, an Emmy Award was given to Governor Cuomo, uh, still amongst chants for president. You know, you understand, although the news media wasn't reporting it, a whole lot, most of the news media, a whole lot, the reports were out there. The public did not want to hear it, and that is the problem. So the networks followed. ABC, NBC, CBS hardly reported on it. Now, to top all of this, we have the fudging of the count of dead nursing home patients. To save face, he started to change the numbers of nursing home patients that got the virus in nursing homes. He started to count them as hospital deaths in an attempt, allegedly, to bring down the death rate in nursing homes. Approximately 5,000 patients died when they got the virus from patients coming from the hospital. The deaths were not enough to curtail Cuomo for president calls, though. The fudging of the numbers, however, saw a slight uptick in the reporting. Then came the sexual harassment claims. And in this, I am going to treat Governor Cuomo the same way I treated Brett Kavanaugh. I have to remind myself sometimes because anger have a tendency of making you bias. So I have to check myself sometimes and remind myself to be fair. I am no longer a Democrat, nor am I a Republican. So I don't, I don't have to lend a deaf ear to the party that I'm for and open my ears up to the party I'm against. I have to listen to both sides and treat both sides fairly. So I am going to give Governor Como the same treatment that I gave Kavanaugh. If you remember, Kavanaugh accuser Mrs. Ford had a legitimate sexual harassment claim. But later on, other accusers started coming forward. And you remember this lawyer, Avenatti. He somehow found the witness to enter the Kavanaugh case. Now, if you remember Avenatti, he was the lawyer that represented the porn star against Donald Trump. 
Now, most lawyers that bring a serious case would be lucky to get on the network. And if they do, maybe one or two times. But if you remember Avenatti's situation with the porn star, you would be shocked, I hope, to hear this. During that whole thing with Avenatti and the porn star with Trump, ABC had him on 12 times, which is a lot of times for a network. And you, you have to remember, it's, it's a president, you know, a president with salacious details. So the lawyer was on ABC 12 times, seven times on CBS and five times on MSNBC. And that's understandable since most, most lawyers with serious cases don't even get on the networks. But on CNN, they had him on 121 times. 121 times. So he was well known, this lawyer Avenatti. So he found a witness. And this case was a special case. After all, it involved a potential Supreme Court judge and it had salacious details. It was tough for me looking at that to make a decision. Kavanaugh and Mrs. Ford, they both seem credible to me, barring a few hiccups here and there, but we are human. So we make slight mistakes and Mrs. Ford and Kavanaugh did that. But when Abernathy came with his witness and his witness made claims of gang rape allegations, it tainted the whole proceedings, especially when she started to backtrack. So I'm looking at the sexual harassment charges against Como through the same lens. It is a he said, she said situation. Now, in this case, there are no other witnesses. It is just the two people the accused and the accuser. The victim and the suspect. And their testimony. And you have to look at the credibility of both of them and somehow come to decision. However, there are seven women that are making these claims against Governor Como. Now, I don't know. One of them stated that he kissed her hands. Now, back in time, kissing hands, kissing a woman's hand would be considered gentlemanly, so I don't know how far that would go. Others claim that he rests his hand on their backs, on shoulders, etc. And, um, but there was, there's one allegation with groping. And that is serious stuff. So like I said, it's a he said, she said situation. It is better to see them under oath 
as they give their testimony. Because then and only then, under oath, with the threat of jail time, if they're caught lying, would they tell the truth? Either Como or the witnesses. As, you, as I said before, the Avenatti witness, she backtracked. So there you go. And these witnesses look really credible. I mean, their status. I don't want to pass any judgment or anything, but they worked in his office. They know him. They work closely with him. These are the witnesses that are coming out. It's not like he went to some party like Kavanaugh and meet some stranger. So in that sense, it gives a little more credibility to them than it did in the Kavanaugh situation. But most people are confusing a criminal trial with a political proceeding. I have seen many comments of people saying, stay the course, you're not guilty, fight them, fight them, etc." It is not up to Governor Cuomo. It is up to the people of New York in a political proceedings. In a political proceeding, it's not whether you're guilty or innocent, but if you have lost the ability to govern effectively, it is all up to the people. If they don't no longer like you or trust you as a leader, you would know through the political representative you know, at first, Republicans were calling for his removal. The local Democrats started getting phone calls. And as the phone calls ramped up, we are now seeing AOC, Jerry Nadler, and Schumer calling for his removal. Now, let's get one thing clear. But for these calls by their constituents, and it doesn't matter whether it's Democrat or Republican, they really do the same thing. None of these politicians would be saying a word about this. A fine example is New York Senate, Senator Gillibrand. The same senator that raised the flag and led the charge to remove Senator Al Franklin on his sexual harassment was noticeably silent because she's from New York and the governor is from New York. Noticeably silent for a very long time and only recently issued a statement. Is Como finished? A few years ago, I would say yes. But today, I don't know. I looked to the Virginia governor and his blackface allegations, his Lieutenant Governor Fairfax sexual assault allegation, and they both appear to have weathered the storm. So can Governor Como survive? Well, we see a president say he could shoot somebody. A governor survived blackface allegation. His lieutenant governor survived sexual harassment allegation. So based on recent history, one might say it is not impossible. So we wait for whatever happens in future proceedings. Hope that it will give closure to these women and be one lesson in many that we, 
as a people will not allow the powerful to advantage the powerless. Thank you. Good. God bless. Good day.